Hello, Organized and Productive listeners and community. Welcome to our next episode of Organized and Productive, the podcast. I'm Stephanie, your host, and this week we are tackling a subject matter that is become a buzzword, but it's a very important topic for us to talk about in a concept, and it's actually a word that we're going to focus on. And if you've already read the title, you know what it is, and that is the word clutter. So we're going to talk about what is clutter anyway? Like, what is the big deal with this clutter? And why do you want me to declutter? Why are there courses and services and programs to help me declutter? What is the big deal? So we're going to tackle that today. And so we're going to step back a little bit. It's a different type of episode. I'm not giving you the top five tips on how to declutter today. We're not talking to a guest. We're just going to pause for a minute and make sure that we're understanding what the big deal with this concept of clutter is all about. So sit back, relax, and let's unpack this clutter, shall we? Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. To begin our journey into understanding clutter, let's first define what it means. Clutter in its third grade definition refers to the presence of excessive or disorganized objects in a physical or digital space. Sometimes the definition is also about describing when things are out of order or when clutter is anything that we don't need, we don't want or use that takes our time, energy, or space. So one of those definitions or a combination of all is what clutter is referred to in our society. Notice that this is a reference or this is a way to describe these actions or this concept, meaning you will need to define what excessive means to you and disorganized means to you or what it feels like so that you can get a proper definition of clutter. So our third grade definition here or what clutter is about is really a concept that you can take as far as you want it to. So in my experience of over 20 years helping people get and stay organized, I would suggest that you define what clutter means to you. Also, what it means to you, not because of your own stuff, but also when you're referring to other people's stuff, because that will encourage you to understand what your boundaries are and how, what it is that you're even referring to as clutter. Is clutter when there's three pieces of paper out? Or is clutter when there's boxes upon boxes that have no rhyme or reason and they're just piling up? So define what excessive means to you and what disorganization means to you. And from there, you will start to define what clutter means more specifically for you and tailor to you. But for the most part, you know, we we just tend to, in our community, in our society, we reference it by saying something is cluttered when there's excessive or disorganized objects in a physical or digital space. A side note that I want to include as part of the definition is that clutter is not necessarily a mess. It could be, it could be the same thing, but they may not be. And it's two different words that sometimes get confused. And clutter is not dirt or the gross kind of untidy, you know, dust or clutter when it's 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 a um, more of the dirt type that you get a cleaning service to come clean for you or you have to scrub out or throw away because it's unusable, the space is unusable. Clutter is usually 
a description of things that are out of order, but not necessarily dirty. So I want to make sure that as we continue with our definition and our discussion, that we don't interchangeably use those words, okay? When I say messy, it means it's truly dirty or there is a mess. It's not just clutter. Now, as you can see, this word is the perfect word to start an argument and be mishandled if you don't define it or articulate it well, especially if you are sharing spaces with other people, maybe in your household, with family, with uh, friends, if you have roommates, or if you share a space in your work or class. Uh, when you're sharing spaces and you all have different definitions of what clutter is, this is just the perfect storm to create argument and miscommunication. So this is why I push for you to describe what excessive and disorganization means to you and the people that you live with so you can be on the same page and you can have a definition that you can work off of from there on. So why is clutter such a big deal? Well, th first things first, clutter is not a big deal in itself. Clutter can become a big deal if left unattended. The word clutter itself has actually been around for a very long time. It's an old English word that came across, that came up probably as early as the 1400s, associated with the word clot, and then eventually uh, it became a verb in the 1550s. And you can read more about the etymology of the word over on etymology edamononline.com, which I will put in the show notes. But that is, I mean, it's been around for a long time. That is to show you that the, a word to describe things piling up has been around for a very long time. It's just that more recently is when we as a society have understood the impacts that things piling on top of each other has on our mental health, on our physical health. And that, my friends, is why clutter is a big deal. When a concept like clutter starts to affect our mental and physical health, we start to pay more attention. Notice that I did not say it's a negative effect on our mental and physical health. It can be, and it can become that, but that's not where we have to start. Sometimes the effect of clutter can be positive. For instance, the there's a unique relationship between clutter and creativity. Some individuals actually find a connection between their clutter and the way that they create. It's hard, I know it's hard to imagine for some of us and for some of you, but there's evidence to suggest that clutter can be pro a product of creativity and even inspire it. So, I mean, as you know, some of history's most creative geniuses had messy workspaces. I'm sure you've seen the, you know, the, the fun facts or the books about it. it. And it really does raise the question of whether clutter can be a double-edged sword. Sometimes it's positive. Now, what you do with the clutter and what it becomes after the creative side of you comes out and you develop something out of it is where we start to get in the gray zone. Because if you don't do something about the clutter, like pick it up, like make sense of it, then it starts to accumulate. And once it starts to accumulate, if we're doing a visualization here, it starts to pile up and higher and higher and higher, making it really hard to find you know, like find what it is that you're looking for because now you're really lost in the mess. And now it is a mess. It's dirty and it's hard to clean up. So that's kind of just a visualization of, of what it can become. But as you can see, it doesn't have to be 
a negative impact on your health, on your mental health or your physical health. It's just what you do about it once you're done or once you start to not get anything more out of that clutter, if you will. I see this side of clutter quite often with my uh, with clients and people that I work with that are researchers or researchers by nature or um, like to go, you know, to connect the dots. So whether you're writing a book, you're a professor, or maybe you're more on the arts and um, like the like a painting, like you're just trying to make sense of it. I see that quite a bit, and you just kind of have to have a little bit of clutter around you to to start finding the pieces. And this, so I see that quite often with those feel, those types of fields. Um, but again, it's what you do with it at the end. Like when you're finished making sense of it, do you go in and pick it up? Do you go and put stuff back? Or do you just leave it for more stuff, stuff to pile up, making it harder and harder to, um, to even see, you know, that blank space that you started off with. On the other side of the positive is the negative side effects of clutter and you've got your mental and physical well-being that is associated with clutter and most often clutter is associated with delayed decisions right there's all these famous sayings and quotes that go around and the clutter is is just that it, it is a showcase of delayed decisions maybe you have decision paralysis where you cannot decide between certain items so then you don't do anything about it and you don't make a decision and so things pile up and that is one of the many reasons why clutter is such it's associated with a, a kind of the negative association here because for others if you're living with others and you're the person who is cluttered and maybe someone's accusing you of having clutter and you are a cluttered person it could be because they don't under they think that when they see it you you have not made decisions you have not clearly moved on or something that is negatively associated with your decision making and for you it could be a totally different reason which is why uh, you know earlier in the conversation i talked about having a clear definition so that you can talk to whoever you're surrounded with and make sure that you're both on the same page but that is the negative side of it. It can affect our our way that we feel about ourselves because of the perceptions others have of us. We also can be way, we could be carrying all that weight with us. I mean, in figuratively speaking, but it's the visual energy that that you are carrying with you about all these delayed decisions, about all these things that you've been putting off. And that is energy that is weighing on you. So the impacts of that mentally are huge. And that is why we sometimes, we often associate it with a negative connotation. It is when you just don't do anything about the clutter that it becomes a problem. Now let's dive into the neuroscience behind clutter really quick. And I mean really quick, because I... Even though I've been in this industry for over 20 years and I have observed the neuroscience of it, I've studied enough to understand it so that I can help clients, I am no doctor or and or in the mental health practices. And I respect those practices way too much to pretend like I am one on TV or here on the podcast. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about the neuroscience of it, but we will have an expert in this field come as a guest in the next couple of episodes so that we can dive into it um, more on the science level from them. But at least I can get us through this piece of it. So there, 
one of the reasons that clutter starts to happen is because things start to pile up. And this actually goes back to our conversation earlier on the etymology of the word and how things start to um, clump together and start to pile up literally on top of one on top of each other. And what happens is it when you don't, you're not able to let go. And that's one of the reasons start things start to pile up because you can't seem to let go at a fast enough rate of when things are coming into your space. And we're not even talking about in today's age, right? Like you have everything in such a such an easy way for you to order and to get it and to get it quickly. And so things are coming into your space much quicker than you're able to let them go. And if you're if you have a hard time letting go because of the emotional con- connection, then that's an additional piece to why it's so hard and why things start to pile up. So the Neuroscience part to me is incredibly interesting. It turns out that letting go of items you own can activate areas in your brain associated with physical pain. Isn't that crazy? It's so your brain views the loss of your possession as a painful experience. So the same type of pain that you would get from maybe getting a paper cut or hitting yourself on the corner of your desk or something like that, or drinking hot coffee, that same pain that you feel is the same, it it alerts the same part of your brain as to when you're having a hard time letting go of something. When you let go of something and it's painful, it has those same receptors. So it is no wonder why it is actually painful to let go of things. Like it is a heartbreak. And for some of you, you are avoiding that heartbreak. You are avoiding the feeling of pain. I mean, nobody is actually running into the wall on purpose. Nobody is getting an actual cut on purpose. It hurts. I don't want to feel that. And when you, if you've experienced that with letting go of stuff, you probably are avoiding it because you don't want to feel the same thing. And I think this is where working with either a coach or a mental health practitioner can help you talk things through and how even though it's alerting the same parts of your brain, they are in fact different. And how there's, in clutter's this case, in, in the discussion of clutter today, how that is something that is not, the only way to heal it is for you to either let it go or to find a practice that works with that pain or else it will continue to pile up. And again, the weight of all that will literally crumble your space, most likely your house or the, you know, the foundation of your house or the foundation of you and your soul and your heart and your mind. And we don't want that. So now we've talked about the etymology and the definition of clutter. We've talked about the positive and the negative sides of clutter and why it's such a big deal, why in today's age we make it such a big deal and why we always have need, like there seems to be a need to declutter. Um, but let's also really quickly, let me mention the types of clutter that are out there in today's world. So we've got our physical clutter, we've got our mental clutter, and we've got our digital clutter. And there are three distinct types of clutter, but sometimes you will have all three and they're mixed and mingled amongst each other. So this is where either a mental health practitioner or a professional organizer can help you distinguish between each of them because sometimes what I have seen is that people think that they have physical clutter and what really what it really is is that uh, the neurodivergent part of who they are or what they what it really is, it's more mental clutter. Uh, and those exercises can be helpful to start with so that you can then tackle the physical clutter. I've also seen people... 
um, be very overwhelmed with their information, like information overwhelm, which is associated with digital clutter. And so sometimes that gets mixed up a little bit. So those are generally the three types of clutter. And when you're talking to your mental health practitioner of choice or professional organizer, just talk them through what you think you have. Do you think you feel like, or, or if you're um, trying to advocate for a loved one or a friend, what do you think that they have? Do you think it's physical clutter? Do you think it's mental clutter? digital clutter or a combination of some of those. And that is a really good place to start if you're trying um, to make sense of, of clutter and how it can get better in your life. Before we wrap up today's episode, I want to leave you with this. Remember that when it comes to clutter, it's your perception that matters the most. So defining what that means to you, what is excessive, what is disorganized to you, and making sure that you and your loved ones are on the same page. What may seem cluttered to one person might be very different to another, which is perfectly fine. So embrace what works best for you and your unique preferences. If you are feeling overwhelmed and you find that decluttering is what you really need after all of this, find a decluttering system that works for you in accordance to your goals, to your end goals. We've got some suggestions and steps in the show notes if you're looking for some examples. Until next time, happy organizing. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing. Happy organizing.